0: How do you grow like a VC-backed company without taking on investors? Do you want to create a lifestyle business, a performance business, or an empire? How do you scale to an exit without losing your freedom? Those are the questions and this show is the answer. Welcome everybody to the Scale-Up Show. This is your host, Ryan Staley. And I have a very special guest with me today. I have the CEO and founder of Pipeliner Sales. That's Nicholas Kimla. Uh, he's also the founder of Uptime iTechnologies that he founded in 94. Uh, Nicholas, happy to have you on, man. i real excited to get into this.
1: Oh, thank you for having me on, on, on your podcast. So happy to join.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited about you and your organization and, and kind of what you're doing. So can you give everybody a quick backdrop, um, a little bit about, uh, I, I know typically we do a revenue rundown, but what I wanted to get some understanding from you is, you know, talk about your solution first in terms of what you focus on in the CRM area, and then we'll kind of take it from there.
1: Yeah, good. Thank you. Uh, yeah, basically, our my team and I came from banking compliance. We, we created one of the not one of them, the biggest banking compliance solution that was, was acquired for Thomson Reuters. And we were just sitting there over 15 years ago and we're thinking, okay, what shall we do? And I was invited by IBM, our international, to a conference where I was introduced to pipeline management. Uh, uh, And I had, uh, after three days, I I just felt, wow, this is a cool concept. And I walked up to the guy who was doing the presentation and I said, I will immediately sign up where I can buy the software or rent it or whatever it is. And he said, well, it's only an Excel sheet and our IBM was restricted to use a a system, Siebel, out of their contracts. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. Tom Siebel's software, yeah. And he was a trainer and was training the whole IBM crowd worldwide in some areas of sales management, pipeline management. And I was going back to my team and said, what in the world? And I had no clue at that time. If we would, instead of banking, moving in the CRM space and doing something on pipeline management. And so I felt... This could be not too complex. I had no idea. (laughs) So we were researching and stuffing and that. This took us a while to figure out, or this is really complex if you want to do it differently. And one of the things that we figured it out is we interviewed a lot of people, salespeople, sales management. And most people said to us, CRM, we don't like it sucks. (laughs) And I said to myself, that's interesting because do you drive a car that sucks? <laughs> do you use a smartphone that sucks? Or do you use anything else that sucks? Every person would say, no, I would replace that. Then I said to the people, why are you not replacing it? And then the people came back, similar um, uh, an approach that you have with SAP. The people said, we cannot replace that. Because there is nothing else there, there is only point solution, but not really deep solution because it's so complex and we know it doesn't work really well, but we have to use it. And I felt, wow, that's a business opportunity, not knowing that it takes really so long, it took us 10 years to go there where we are now. Uh, Why? Because you have so many different components. We have over 250 features and all these features are interconnected to each other. Like for instance, take activity management. For every salesperson is activity the most important. Yeah, A task, an appointment, but let's take only appointments. When you make international sales appointments, you want to know in which time zone the other one is. If they use uh, what the majority of all the bigger companies using, it's not the cheese Suite, it's our Outlook, Office 365. This is the majority of the bigger companies using that. Um, in that moment, uh, it's interesting, you have to be super integrated in that um and are in the integration of outlook office 365 with time zones and everything you have a little complication here already yeah then you want to have that all in outlook integrated as a plugin and stuff like that then you have the next complication so all this stuff is not doable in two years but when you have not only activity management or, or like task and appointment when you have tasks for instance and you have multiple tasks or Um, In that area of calling, emailing, uh, feedback, follow-up, you want to contextualize this? you want to customize it, you want to integrate it with linked items, you want to attach it with documents, you want to have the rules of all as you see it starts getting (laughs) really complex i've been i've been designing and then you have not only activity you have or you have or uh, you have lead management opportunity management contact management account management reporting analytics forecasting (laughs) quotas so the point is this is why people said we cannot replace it. And there's not so many software. Therefore, Salesforce and the others created marketplaces where point solution can bring you a value to the infrastructure. But then your price is going up higher and higher and higher mm-hmm. yeah? Yeah. All right, to the add-ons. And uh, I think we have done this completely new, a completely new approach. But this is one part. The other part is that we felt um, there is something totally wrong in the industry. Um, And I was comparing that in many ways to the industries, to other industries. And I said, there is one industry around the whole world where the reputation, the people and the job is one. And they are all respected. I I have a guess for you. Do you know which workforce this could be? Uh, Everyone is respecting it. The people love it. They are one in their job and what they do and how they do and they learn. They are very trained people. Doctors maybe? And are, I had a guess. Doctors maybe? No? I know. Look at that. What happened in COVID? Yeah, it's that's Exactly true. a disaster. That's very true. That's a good point. They became the... I know I'm just coming out of time to the point. It's the firefighters. Uh, Firefighters around the world are respected, loved by everyone. And then I said, what in the world is why salespeople have a negative connotation? People are not liking salespeople. And I realized there is something wrong because firefighters are helping you to save your house or your building. Salespeople helping to save the society, because if the middle class is shrinking, we have a problem, as we can see right now around the world. Or what the Austrian School of Economics, what our philosophy is coming from, is saying, um, and that is right now really on the point with uh, the war in in the Ukraine and Russia is, it says, one of the Austrians say, when goods not crossing borders, when there is no sales, Mm -hmm. soldiers will do. So sales has a very impact of everything in life, a positive, because when you sell something, you create a value or you create a value to, first of all, that when I punch you in the face, it will be hard that I sell you probably a car. <laughs> I, 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 guess it will not happen. Yeah. But when you buy a car, what do you know? You have happy, you have joy and you create them both as a value. So I create a term for that. They call salespeople, salespreneurs. A salesperson is an entrepreneur in an enterprise. And salespeople are world's creator and peace producer mm-hmm. because they produce something good in society. And why we have a negative connotation to sales? I said this is stupid. If we would help salespeople to be more respected and then we could more Um, young people do want to to go to a sales education because normally they always say no sales this is when you're stupid you end up in sales a lot of people say that you want doctor and lawyer and blah 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 yeah um but who wants to be in sales and i think if we change that because everything is sales everything you have to sell yourself for instance when you get married (laughs) in some form it's a sales action
0: yeah yeah no i i um (laughs) <laughs> that makes sense. Um, and a lot of good points there. And I love the analogy with the firefighters because that's true. Like, like, I, I don't really know of any firefighters that are, are disliked. So so um, kind of taking it to the next step. So I love the concept here of, of your solution. And so just to be clear for everybody, you're focused more on companies that have um, longer daily... because sales...
1: Yeah. Organizational or sales structure, like a real sales process... Are and are a real sales manager who is managing a sales team. It has not to be 25 or 200 to 2000 people. Or well, Then you have a real uh, a structure mm-hmm. uh, of different areas. But they in there. When you have, let's say, a team of 15 salespeople. Yeah. You want to know not what they're doing. You want to coach them. You want to help them. And how you do that. How you know this opportunity is healthy? How you know that they follow the process correctly, and you, under, and you come and you coach them and support them? How you know that the forecast is correct against the quota of the yearly quota? How you know if the opportunity is not manipulated into the next phase because they. Sometimes a lot of salespeople are a little bit overconfident. Yeah. They always give you, I can reach that. I can reach that. And at the end of the number, they, what they say, oh, it slips into next month." <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that true? Yeah. Yeah, it's true, man. Well, so let me ask you this. That is what we do. This is what we do with technology to give the individual the same data so that he's not are pissed off that the manager sees something that the sales manager is hiding, so he sees the same data. the manager sees only from all his salespeople all the data, and so he can really maneuver and help the sales team and his sales reps to achieve the goals that we together agreed on mm-hmm. yeah because it doesn't make sense if you come in at the beginning of the year and you say, "Oh, last year you had made three hundred thousand this year you have to make four hundred thousand and the sales rep said, "How I should do that?" Well the question is how many leads do you would need? How many conversion you would need from a lead conversion to an opportunity? How many opportunities you have to close, and what is the average opportunity? What is the average time to close the opportunity? You see all of that in a way that you can present it and then the sales manager says, "Wow." Now I have time not to ask him all these questions and say, "What happened in this deal? Why you were overconfident and why you could not close it?" You see, the point is at the end, it's the relationships. It's not the technology. Yep,
0: I agree with that. I totally agree with that, especially in complex deals, because if they make the wrong decision, people will get fired, right? So absolutely. So that's that's the level of trust, and without without that trust, that would. The trust only comes from the relationship, and without the relationship, it doesn't matter how good it sounds on paper. If they don't trust the, the rapper who's or the team that's providing that solution to them, they're not going to do it. So, but what, what we
1: do better than anyone else today in the industry, hundred percent, and I can prove that is we take out the heat for the sales manager, that he can focus because he has a tremendous heat from the C level. Yeah, he has to mm-hmm. fulfill his numbers. Yeah. If he is not fulfilling his numbers, what he's doing, he push also his sales reps because he's pissed off. Yeah? He's, he has this pressure, whatever the, the quarter is, whatever he has to reach. And you know how it is. We have our, not everyone is outperforming. <laughs> I think the realistic, uh, the realistic uh, scenario is that we have only a few people the outperforming. The rest is average or underperforming constantly. But you cannot constantly fire all these people. Yeah? And so you have to work with the team. And, you know, the team is not coherent. It's not like they're all superstars and they go out and are, And you are, as a sales manager, sit there and be happy. It's exactly the opposite. You have a lot of stress. And you we take out the stress because we give you a transparency what's happening so that you can guide them. That's, that's the issue. I love that. And nobody's nobody's doing that. No one. So so with that, I mean, and you, you probably have a really unique perspective
0: because you work with organizations that have complex sales cycles. Um, yes. you're you're basically either in a greenfield where you're you're putting your solution in where there isn't a CRM or you're replacing something that's been in place for a while. So like, what have you seen or what, what have you done that's like the best way to grow your, your company?
1: Well, first of all, you have to, or you, you have to create a clear, easy uh, sales process structure and make it incrementally making better. Don't make it overcomplicated at the beginning. Make a sales structure and give little guidance. What part the sales structure by the sales process per step? What should the people do? What is what you expect? Stage one, let's say qualification. What should the sales rep do? And you can put that into the technology and then you immediately you see that he uh, should call them, should an email, whatever it's for each industry could be different. yeah. And so you have that. And if you make that incrementally better, then you know exactly what is my duration? How long should that be? Or in stage one, is it two weeks, one week, five days? I don't know. It could be. And then you see what happens in that. And you visualize the data immediately. And so you can go there. So I would say step number one, a very clear buyer-centric, biocentric, not seller-centric, biocentric sales process. And then what the people should do in the process, simple um, activity, and then basically give them all the tools that they need to fulfill and not to um to make uh, uh, it complicated and i think right now uh, the more transparent it is the more the sales rep sees what he can earn the more you give him motivation to reach his goal and help him to reach his goal he has this extra mile to go okay
0: yeah, I, I love that. I, I think it's so funny that you mentioned in step number one, the buyer-centric sales process. Because I was talking to um, a revenue leader that is responsible for $50 million in in ARR, or $50 million in budget every year, right? And he used yeah. to work at one of the big sales methodology companies. I won't even say which one it is, right? And I was talking to him and I'm like, I think there's a massive gap in the marketplace. And he's like, well, what are you talking about? And I go, All the sales processes that are sales methodologies that are out there are designed around what's, what's for the sales organ, not for the buyer. Right. So a lot of it's like, like if you, if you go meet someone, like you're talking, you got to sell yourself. If you're going to get married and be like, okay, you meet my requirements. We can get married without even worrying about what their feedback is or that they even like you. Right. (laughs) It's like, it's like that ridiculous (laughs) in my, my perspective, you know what I mean? So I think you nailed it right there. Cause it's, it's. Like- we have a
1: little technology, for instance. We have a little technology. It's one of our main features, but it's uh, it's not so complicated, but there are, where you can bring any methodology, but it's about what is the buyer's action? What is the buyer's reacting? Yeah, And when the buyer is having a reaction, what is the seller's activity in correlation to the buyer's action? You can bring a correlation to that. Very powerful. So in that moment, when you know... When the buyer is telling you, for instance, our, for me, our, our Office 365 is our crucial, important, or in the outlook, yeah? mm-hmm. what you should do as a seller? Well, send him an ebook or a document or an article that you have as a vendor about Office 365 integration. Yeah, so it's correlated. And there is ten thousand different options. This is why I don't believe AI can ever fulfill that in the next ten years about our B two B sales. Yeah, it can be like Voyager as a as a as a as a supportive or uh, technology to help you to get some stuff, but it can never replace, never, never ever. Yeah. No, I
0: think you nailed it. So I, I could talk with you probably for another hour and a half on this stuff because I could geek out on it just like you. I- and I think it's awesome that you're addressing this part of the market. Uh, where can people, we're, we're up, unfortunately, though, we're up on time. And I, I know you got to stop, and I want to be respectful of your time. Where can people find you? Where can they find out more about Pipeliner sales so they could they could get more details on, on what?
1: Pipelinercrm.com or PipelinerSales.com or uh, Pipeliner with an R, or uh, com. Our, our, we have also a very distinguished and big platform our, with uh, salespop.net. So you can find us or every there. And, our, and our, the point is, um, uh, check it out. It's a free trial. Go there. There's a lot of content our, and are happy to our, engage anytime. Okay? Awesome, Nicholas. Thank you so much for your time today. and We'll
0: see you on the next episode. Bye. Thank you for checking out the scale-up show. My mission in life is to help founders and revenue leaders avoid all the pain and suffering